So why do people get stuck in a position that they don't feel like they can change? Our next guest will help us understand how our mindset keeps us from being successful. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Good afternoon, Giant Builders. Today I have Umar Amin with us, and he is a mindset coach. How are you, sir? I am fabulous. What a glorious day today. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) It is pretty nice here right now. (laughs) Yeah, even if it was like raining and dreadful, it would still be a freaking amazing day because we live in an amazing country. I'm in Canada today. You're in the U.S., I take it? Yes. Uh, we get to have freedom and friends and families and joy and happiness and, ah. Wow. Can you come over for dinner? I can. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, what is mindset? So mindset, a world according to Umar, is how we see the world. And the follow-up question might be, like, how do we get this mindset? That's a good question. Oh, look at that pleading for a question. Yes. (laughs) Here's how we get the question is like uh, uh, some time ago, Lois, uh, you were a baby and you were minding your own business, just uh, loving life. Doing baby things. Doing baby things. And you had these uh, mirror neurons in your head that allowed you to mimic the first person was your mom. And this is like pretty freaking amazing. It's like a, a day or two old baby cannot move anything consciously except for one part of their body. And if mom goes to a little baby and goes and sticks her tongue out, a baby will respond in report of that and they will do that. So we start learning when we're little babies and then we get to be mobile and that's where the world changes. And in some ways it's amazing because we get to go explore. And in other ways uh, are, well, let's say mom and dad are, having a great time, watching a bit of TV, baby's on a blanket on the floor, and baby crawls away from the blanket and finds a dime, a coin on the floor, and goes to put it in his mouth. Mom, who is a normal person, at that moment goes into fight or flight because this could, like, the baby could die. So mom doesn't say, put the coin down, sweetie. Mom's like, no, bad, dirty. Uh, And the baby thinks, not the behavior is bad or dirty, I, there's something wrong with me and this person that protects me and loves me and feeds me and changes my diaper is angry at me. So I get angry and I get angry at mom, but most times we get angry at ourselves and we get guilt. I did something wrong. And so our parents used emotions to keep us safe, to control us. And because out of the trillions of things in the world, there are a few of them that are dangerous to babies. And so everything's lovey-dovey till we go to one of those danger areas and our parents would use emotions to control us. And that set up the walls of the comfort zone. And those childhood experiences created a set of filters, how we see the world, and that is mindset. And uh, so let's say I thought that, oh my God, I'm so attractive and when women find me alluring and you're smiling at me. And so my mindset goes, oh, she digs me. She's amazing. (laughs) And let's say my mindset was, oh, uh, people don't like me, I'm hideous. And she's smiling. She's just patronizing me. 
Like the same smile, you're minding your own business and how I see it is totally different, right? And that comes from our experiences and that's mindset. And the good news is that you can change your mindset. That is very good news. If you happen to be one of those sick people that's smiling all the time and happy, we can fix that. We'll turn you into a curmudgeon, uh, which we can do, right? Uh, but no, what if we could be fearless? What if we can have a mindset that, you know, when I have a mindset that everything's going to be okay and it's going to turn out great and people are kind and generous, that's what you find in the world. You seem to find that all over the place. And when you think people are out to get you, then you find those people that are dicks around the world. Like there's not many of them, but you somehow run into them all the time. And so uh, what do you think of that, Lois? Do you think that makes sense? Or do you think I'm like uh, smoking something I shouldn't do? <laughs> no, I think that does make sense. Um, it's kind of like a a magnet, you know, we're attracting what we're yeah. looking for, I think, or what we, what we desire. And we're sorting for, like uh, I can go for a walk and I, I take my trusty, uh, iPhone with me and I'll see something beautiful and I'll take a picture and there's other people just walk by it, don't even see it. Yeah. And other people go and go, oh my God, look at that neighbor's lawn and they see what's not right in the world. And I think, uh, so I don't want people to be Pollyannish, but what I do want them to do is to find their best selves. And I, I, I'm certain that the path is through happiness and love and not through heartache and pain to get there. So how do we change our mindset? So probably there's uh, three ways I'll recommend. The third one I know, the first one I know, and the, the one in the middle I'm going to make up as we go along. <laughs> so okay. one is uh, just be grateful every day and not just be grateful. So let me ask you, Lois, are you in a significant relationship right now? Yes. Romantic. Yes. And what's the name of the lucky person? Jim. So if I asked you to say, uh, you know, uh, so if you said I'm grateful for Jim, uh, let me know how that, uh, it's okay, right? Feels good, right? Right. So I want you to add another uh, word to it. Okay. I'm grateful for Jim because, and then I want you to tell me what the because is. Because he loves me for no reason. And can you think of a time where he loved you for no reason that made you feel special? Um, Just every day, just being there, being around me, just a hug once in a while. Yeah, if you think of one of those specific hugs that you got, Mm -hmm. uh it changes your entire uh the way you feel right right and so some people are not grateful uh, generally they just take things for granted other people go i'm grateful for jim and other people go i'm grateful for jim because and then other people go because and they step into that memory and feel that emotion okay and i think if you do 10 of those every day like for example i am grateful for my sister because she loves me unconditionally and when I'm around her, I just feel this warm feeling and cared for. That's the juice, that emotion. Mm -hmm. You start doing that 10 times every morning. Uh, then you do 10 tomorrow. And by the time you get to day four or five, number one, you've got 40 or 50 things already written down you're grateful for. But then it's like that. Oh, my God, I got to think of 10 things today. So from there on, your mind is looking for gratitude and happiness. And you start seeing it. It starts changing your life. So number one, be grateful, but do it with emotions, not just a, a thought. Number two, this was the hard one. Uh, this is the one you're making up? This is the one I'm making up on the fly. And this one, how to change your mindset is ask, always ask the question, how do I make this better? So let's say you got a hug from 
uh, Jim. And if you ask the question, how could I make that better? And you might think, you know, I could just whisper in his ear something uh, romantic or or that I love you. It's not just a hug. And it's like anything we do can make better. And you get that filter of better. And the third thing, uh, beware listeners and viewers, this is a plug. And this is uh, going to be my contribution to the world is uh, uh, it's called Mindset Boosters. And what it's designed to do is let you decide how you feel or act in any situation. For example, uh, you could picture this somewhere in America. This guy comes home and uh, gets out of the car, comes into the house after a long day at work and is physically there with his family. But everybody in the family knows that he's mentally checked out. He's worried about what's happening tomorrow, what happened today, and he's just not there. Uh, he, before he gets out of the car, he goes to the website and listens to a track called Let Go of Work. And in six minutes, 44 seconds, uh, he lets go of the anxiety of the day. He figures out what's the most important thing to do tomorrow. And here's the magic part. He gets to re-experience the first time he fell in love with his significant other warmly, richly. And back then, the first time we fell in love, there was also a bit of lust in there. So that's also nice. And dad walks into the house with this loving heart and everybody in the family, including the family dog, knows that dad's here fully present. And that's just one of about 60 programs that are designed to make you awesome. So get the help you need when you need it in the palm of your hand. Ta-da! How was that for a plug? That was great. Where do they find that? So if they go to mindsetboosters.com, and you're going to put the link in the show notes. But uh, before we finish our conversation today, I'm going to give you an example of uh, how you can change the way you feel instantly, anytime, any situation. But we'll get to that a little later. Okay. Uh, so back to you, Lois. Uh, did that answer the question? Yes, it did. Why are so many people stuck and they can't reach their potential? Why? What keeps us stuck in our yeah. life? It's a paradox, right? Because some people, if uh, we've got friends, it's like, oh my God, 2023 is going to be the year. I'm going to do this and this and this. And they want it and they desperately want it. But if they go back to 2022 or uh, 1980, they had the same thoughts and they never really achieved it. Here's a pop quiz for you, uh, Lois. Uh, New Year's Eve, people make New Year's resolutions. What percentage of resolutions come true? Uh, 10%. Close, 8%, but you're an okay. overachiever, so I love that. <laughs> so uh, so the question is, why, don't, why, why aren't we living the lives that we want? So here's what happens is from the time you were born to the time you reach seven, you get anywhere from 50 to 100,000 beliefs that define who we are. We pick them up from our parents or uncles or aunts or teachers, anybody in authority. Uh, says something believable, we believe it. For example... Uh, Mom might say one day, money is the root of all evil. In a conversation with a friend, little Sally's in the room. She's five. Huh, money's bad. Now, Sally is an adult, has kids, wants that promotion. But somewhere deep in the unconscious, she's got this belief that money is evil. And if I become rich, I'll turn into a jerk. And so her desire to achieve is there but there's a block stopping her that she's unaware of. All she knows is, oh my God, I got this promotion and then I sabotaged. I, I like missed a meeting. I made a mistake over here and I went back down in pay grade. Uh, 
So yeah, that's why. And part of the journey we need to do as human beings uh, is this, is number one, figure out where the blocks are. And there's a really easy way to figure out where the blocks are. Would you like to know what that is? I definitely would. So uh, this is going to be a shock to you, Lois, uh, and dear listeners and viewers, that your mind lies to you all the time. The superpower that all of us humans have is this. Uh, But before I tell you what it is, let me uh, frame it up. Is that we don't use language accidentally. We use language very purposefully. And our superpower is this. Ta-da! Drum roll, please. Rationalization. Okay. And if you look at the word rationalize that we tell ourselves, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't want that promotion anyway. Uh, be too much stress on that job. Or oh, that really cute girl, Lois, across the screen from me is like, oh, I should... You know, it would be nice, but, you know, I won't ask her because, you know, she's probably got a boyfriend or a husband called Jim who will beat me up or whatever <laughs> we tell ourselves. And that We may not know any of that. So we rationalize our behavior. So we're not achieving what we want to achieve. And then we rationalize it. Well, next year will be a better year. Or if I get this education, it'll be better or whatever we tell ourselves. So I think that is one of the reasons is rationalizing. Two is fear. Fear is stops us dead in our tracks. But fear is actually a gift and not uh, a cross to bear. Uh, So what happens when you're afraid, Lois? Uh, What happens is this. Instantly, you're hyper-focused on where the problem is. It's like right now, if there was a snake off to the side, you would not be looking at me. You'd be looking at the snake. Uh, Number two, you get cat-like reflexes. (laughs) Meow! Number three, uh, adrenaline and other chemicals go into your bloodstream to make you stronger and faster. Number four, you get uh, chemicals going in that allow you not to feel pain. So if I injured you, you'd be able to still beat me up and run away. And then uh, then you go, oh, my God, this really hurts. But during the incident, it would not hurt. And so but we've been trained by society, by our moms, by ourselves, that I'm going to go do this thing. Fear comes up and that means stop when you really look at it. In fear, we're at the height of our biological powers. We're the best physically we're going to be. You know, you've heard the story of moms lifting up cars to free their kids. Why they let the kids go into the car in the first place is a mystery. But (laughs) it is true that all of a sudden we had this superhuman strength because fear kicked in and it allowed us to go beyond our normal capacities. So we need to train ourselves. Fear is a blessing and not a curse and to use it. And three... It's a level of self-esteem, right? How we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we could, we can change all of those. I'll tell you a story first and I'll share with you how you can change your level of self-esteem. Okay. Cool. So we've been talking about change and how we can create change. So let me tell you about, hmm, this woman I'm working with right now. She came to a workshop and she's at the back of the workshop and she's got a partner and the partner says, Go up and see Umar. Tell him, you know, uh, he'll help you. So this was her story. She, the first thing she tells me is that uh, her daughter is in sports and she's really, really good at it. And they went to one of these uh, conferences where they won and there were these like uh, jerseys everyone would get. Uh, But her and her daughter could not stay in the hotel because they don't have, just have any money. So they slept in the car overnight. All the other families stayed in the hotel. 
and everybody purchased a jersey and she couldn't purchase a jersey for her daughter because there's no money. And then she comes in for a session and this is what she ends up telling me is when she was four and a half, her mom died and her dad was looking after her and she loves her dad uh, beyond uh, belief. And her mom's family said, no, we want her to be with us and sued for custody. Dad panicked because they got more resources, took her into the U.S. from Canada, got arrested for kidnapping his own daughter, got incarcerated. And our hero did not go to stay with her uh, mom's parents. She got put into the foster care system and stayed there from four and a half to 16 on a 16th birthday, going to school on school bus. And the experience in that home was horrible. She decided she'd rather be homeless than stay in that home. So from 16 on, she was homeless. And uh, that was just the beginning of her story. And it got worse from there. And so I just got a video from her today, just saying like, just from that one session and doing some gratitude work that uh, uh, she's gotten, uh, she's uh, gotten three sales. She's not been selling at all. And uh, personally, she just feels much better and whole. And tomorrow I'm going to help her find her purpose in life, why she's here on planet Earth. And my promise to her was within a month, you'll be more confident, you'll be more powerful, and you'll be able to uh, achieve more in the world. And that was my gift to her because, you know, she's penniless. And it's a joy and a pleasure to be able to help another human being do better in the world. And that's why I do what I do is because we all need help and I've been helped. And uh, the, if we can teach people how to take charge of their mindset, we create change very, very quickly. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That was wonderful. Cool. So <laughs> where do we go from here? What is NLP? NLP is a branch of psychology called neuro-linguistic programming. The most unfortunate name ever picked. Because that programming part, people are like, oh my God, programming, you're not programming me. Uh, and so what it's really about is having a deep understanding of uh, an experience. So let's say that you had this ability to be a great interviewer. And I ask you, how do you do that? And you would have one of two answers. Well, Umar, I am a genius. Or no, you'd have one of three answers. I'm a genius could be one. Number two could be is, I don't know. I just have a conversation and they turn out really well. Or number three could be, ah, oh, well, Umar, glad you asked me. It's A, B, C, D, E. This is the process to do a great interview. Then I go to a totally crap interviewer and I say, how do you do what you do? And they go, well, because uh, I am fantastic. Or uh, number two, uh, I don't know, I just do it. Or number three, here's the interesting part. They say the way you do a great interview is A, B, C, D, E. And you go, wait a minute. You both can't be doing the same thing and getting dramatically different results. So what happens is human experience happens at the unconscious level. How you do what you do is tearing me up. Let me get a clean nose. Okay. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> nose. Uh, so what we can do is go into a much deeper level of the human mind and figure out how you interview so ex exceptionally and then teach that to another human being. And that's called modeling. And that allowed us to figure out, oh, this person uh, had a phobia and they don't have a phobia anymore. What happened internally to create that change? We can do that purposefully now because I know how to do that. And if we ask the person with the phobia, how did you let go? He's like, oh, I don't know. I held my breath, breath for three minutes or, or something. If anybody else tried, it would not work. But when you figure out what's happening internally. So NLP is an understanding of the human experience. 
and being able to teach it to other people. So if you want to learn how to be depressed, I know how to be depressed really, really well. And I could teach that to you right now. And we're not going to do it, but I could just say, okay, I want you to just uh, uh, put a frown on your face, start looking down at your feet, slump your shoulders. And in that thing, if you thought about how much you love Jim and a really uh, uh, amazing time you had, you would not be able to do that. The memory would come up, but you would not feel the emotions because you've got the physiology of depression. And then I could do the same thing the opposite way. I want you to smile and look up and think of the saddest thing that ever happened to you. And you go, yeah, that happened, but you wouldn't feel the emotions. So that's NLP is the ability to understand the human experience and create change very quickly. And I'll give you my definition of NLP. It's all about the moment of change. Like you could go to a therapist, uh, uh, judging by your demeanor, this could be a long time, Lois. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But you could go to a therapist for six months. And in, that's the six month mark. The therapist at, at, gives you an epiphany and you were stuck the moment before he gave you an epiphany. And a moment later, you're unstuck. I don't care about the six months, but I'm deeply fascinated. What happened inside your mind at the moment where you found out about the epiphanies? Oh my God. And if we could recreate that for other people, we wouldn't need the six months. We could just go to the change point. And that's why I do what I do is to teach people how to take charge of this so they build happier, more loving lives. Personal experience. So I want to go back to the the one to seven-year-old range. Yes. All right. My granddaughter came to visit us mm -hmm. and we went to this park like five or six times. Right. And this one particular day, it's like built up. So it's like a thing where you climb up real high. And this one particular day, I mean, she's been up and down this thing for days. But this one day she went up to the top and it was time for us to go and I couldn't find her. And so I'm looking around out there trying to figure out where she is. And I see her at the very top and she's all curled up in a ball. And I'm like, Rosie, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And she's like, I'm scared. You know, and like, You're, you can't be scared. You've been up there a dozen times. Walk me through this process. Okay. So here's the first mistake people make uh, is you can't be scared when okay. physically they are scared. And what that does is it creates distance between you and them. Okay. And so one of the things to do is to just go with it. Of course you're scared. And then that person goes, so I'll give you a, a quick example, then I'll come back to that. Okay. And so uh, this woman brought in her daughter who uh, has uh, a test phobia and she's got the Maryland state assessment, which is going to determine if you go to university or not, you know, this, uh, I'm not sure what grade it is, five or six or something. And uh, so she brings her daughter in and the test tomorrow. And so I go, so you got a test tomorrow, right? She goes, yeah. And you're, and you're going to probably fail tomorrow, right? She goes, yeah. And the mother's like, what? You're <laughs> supposed to tell her she's made of stars and she can do anything. But this is what the little girl does. She goes, yeah. And then she goes, and she lets her breath out. Because mm -hmm. somebody understands her. Then I do this pregnant pause. And then I go, well, unless we figure something out, right? And that could change things. And she goes, Yeah. Had I gone, we can change things. And she's got it in her mind. She's going to fail. Then uh, I'm going to fail. I'm saying we can change things. There's going to be a tug of war. So, and so for your granddaughter, it's like, you know, oh, of course you're scared. What scared you? How did you know you were scared? 
uh, and just start talking around it. How did you know you were, how did you know you were scared? I mean, just think about that question because it's going to stop someone dead in their tracks. It's like, no one asked me stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was going to say shit, but we can't say that on your podcast. (laughs) Nobody asked me shit like that. It's because like, oh, how was I scared? Oh, uh, I thought I might fall over or whatever. And they start decoding what happened. And it's like, oh, but you're already sitting. So you probably won't fall. If you're sitting, do you think you'd fall over? And then all of a sudden you start deconstructing it. So I think that's the thing to do. And if she's really scared, uh, you know, being a trooper and saying, you got to come down and you got to overcome your fear. It's probably not the right move. Okay. But I'll show you uh, a, a two techniques before we leave today. And we'll do that in the next few minutes. One is going to be around self-esteem and one's going to be around of letting go of negative events. And cool. Why don't we just go into that? Okay. All right. So Lois, for you, can you think of an event that happened to you that was negative? And it could have been, don't think of one that was like uh, you were attacked by uh, Wolverines when you were three. Think of something small, like let's say with Jim your significant other and someone you love very much. And it could have been where you hurt his feelings by being short. You're busy and you go, what? And you hurt his feelings. Do you have one of those small things where he did something that irritated you? Yeah. Do you have a specific memory? Yeah. Nice thing is you don't need to tell us about it. Okay. So when you think about that memory, Lois, uh, a picture in your mind pops up that represents that event. Okay. Yes. That picture is a color of black and white. Color. Is it eight and a half, 11, bigger or smaller? Smaller. Is it still or is it a video? It's a video. Is it uh, uh, two feet away from your face or closer or further away? Um, about two feet. Two feet? Okay. When you look at the picture, it makes you feel not so comfortable because it was a bad situation, right? Right. Where in your body do you feel it? Uh, right in here. Yeah, of course, a heart, chest area. That makes sense. So what is the lesson that the universe of God wanted you to learn from that experience? Oh, dear. Um, Is there a cheat sheet? (laughs) Yeah, it could be. So the lesson could be is, uh, so were you the one that was that wrong or was Jim the one that wrong in this particular memory? Um, I was wrong. I snapped. Okay. And so it could be is, uh, so the lesson could be is I need to be more patient. Or I need to always remember, especially when he's irritating, uh, that I love him deeply. So it could be, uh, or it could be, I need to cut myself some slack. That happened, an apology would have solved it, and I'm still holding on to it. So whatever that lesson is, what would be the best lesson for you out of those, or is there another one that that sparks? Um, Probably that I should give myself some slack and just let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so store that lesson where you keep important information. Look at that picture again, and it kind of makes you feel not so good. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn it from color to black and white and notice how it changes the feelings. Does it reduce, increase, or the same? Uh, Reduces. Yeah, of course it does. What happens if you make it as small as a thumbnail, a computer thumbnail? And it gets smaller. Yes, smaller feelings, right? Yeah. Now start pushing it further and further back. Is it reducing the feelings? Yes. And at some point at the end of the room, the house, the community, the city, the country, the planet, the solar system, <laughs> the at some point, yeah, at some point it's going to go to zero feelings, right? Okay. Have you got, how far out is it when it goes to zero? It's just not there. Yeah. Make it go out another 10 feet and just uh, lock it down so it never comes back. Okay. 
And so for your granddaughter on that experience, next time you're with her and say, you remember that time you were scared on the slide or whatever it was? She goes, yeah. Uh, when you think about that, do you see an image? Yes, I do. Kids do it. They're like, they're all visual anyway. And mm -hmm. take her through the same exercise and it will take the trauma away. And what was the lesson? She go, oh, uh, I'm a big girl or whatever she decides her lesson is. Mm -hmm. And then the trauma of that event is gone. And then she can go back to the slide without being afraid. If you don't do that, there's still fear there. So okay. that could be a life changer, right? Okay. Yeah. That's so great. here is number two on the self-esteem thing that I promised before we part company. Okay. So on a scale of one to a hundred, what's your self-esteem right now? One would be that you're so depressed by our conversation that as soon as I hang up this call, you're going to go to Jim, hug me, Jim. I was with this horrible man. Uh, <laughs> Or a hundred could be is you can't wait till I shut up so you can go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and go. <laughs> so what's your level of self-esteem? Hey, about 83. <laughs> right. By the way, I was working with a group of engineers and I found a slip of paper where one guy had written it down. He was at 52.7 on the <laughs> initial. So uh -huh. let me take you on a, on a journey, Lois. Here's okay. the journey. Uh, take a deep breath in, let it out slowly. And the Today Show is going to have you come up here on the show. And they're going to interview you. And your friends say, oh, my God, you better get ready for that event. And to get ready for that event, you go into this room uh, that's divided in two with a glass wall. And you're sitting on this side of the room at a desk on a chair with a tablet of paper and a pen. And you're writing your accomplishments all the way back to when you were a little girl doing those finger paintings that your parents loved. And what you did at Sunday school and awards you won in elementary school or things you did for your classmates or your siblings. You go back to accomplishments in high school and summer jobs, uh, things you did for the community as an adult, what you did. And as you're writing your accomplishments, the essence of who you are, some people may call it soul or higher self, steps out of your body, floats through the glass wall, and you step on the other side of the glass wall, watching yourself write your accomplishments on the other side of the room. So be there with me in this thought experiment. And then think of someone that loves you dearly uh, and have them stand right next to you. And it could be your granddaughter. Or it could be somebody else in your life. When you have that person that loves you very much, let me know. Okay, got it. And since your spirit, step into their body for a moment. And okay. as they're watching you write your accomplishments, see yourself through their loving eyes. Okay. And then I want you to hear how much they love you and care for you and really get a good sense of that. And then finally, since you're in their body, feel the depth of their emotions for you, how much they love you and care for you. Okay. And now that you have all three, step through the glass wall to where you're sitting right now having this conversation with me and step into your body. And when you do that, it changes things, right? Yeah. And when you think about, and you're getting, I can see the redness in your eyes. <laughs> I've made more people cry than anybody else. I, <laughs> And your level of self-esteem has changed too? Amazing. Yeah, off the charts, right? Yeah. So so on that app I told you about, the website, Mindset Boosters, there's like 60 of those in there to remove anxiety, to feel loved. Uh, this shocking how many people that are amazing, powerful people that feel like uh, they're not important or they feel like they're an imposter. So we've got categories from overcoming anxiety to motivation and confidence to transforming your life and 
I wanted to make a difference in the world, to make the world a better place. And I thought the best way to do that, other than, uh, you know, hugging all the pretty women I see, but apparently that's inappropriate, <laughs> is to create this app and share it with the world. And what it allows them to do is get the help they need exactly when they need it in the palm of their hand. Ta-da! Ta-da! Any closing thoughts? Yes. Uh, here is uh, here are my thoughts. Three of them. Guess what? The middle one doesn't exist yet. <laughs> so number one is there's a better you inside you. Everybody watching this, listening this, and it's our duty to get there. Because when we shine, when you shine, Lois, you are not going on better than you. What you're doing is giving permission to everybody around you that it's possible for them too. And I think that's our duty to humanity and the people we love is to be the best versions of ourselves. Number two, fear is not the enemy. It is the answer to get to the places we want to achieve things. Because when we want to achieve things, we have to overcome things. And to overcome those, we need to be our, our best physical and mental selves. And on the physical selves, the fear is the number one tool to use that. And on the mental side, mindsetboosters.com. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. And here is number three. And this is... Uh, my latest project, and I'm, I'll be writing a book around this in December, is that I can drop into a state of love, and that's more a state of being, where I'm accepting myself and I'm accepting the world around me, but in a place of love where I'm seeing things in a more richer way. And when I do that, I connect with people in a different way. When I'm working, my work quality goes up. When I'm... Uh, by myself, it helps me connect with the maker more easily. So the book will be about the state of love. And my goal is what if we could do that in a book that's three inches by three inches and only has 33 pages. Ooh. So a simple, elegant way to get there. So not uh, some, you know, long explanations. It's just, here's a how-to of how to go from being just normal to stepping into love. And there my path, uh, summing it up, Everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody lives, deserves to live in a state of love. And everybody needs to be giving back to the world because the best way to get more joy in your life is to be of service. All right. Well, I want to interview you after your book comes out, okay? Absolutely. All right. Lois, thank okay. you so much for inviting me. It was a joy thank being you. on your show. Thank you for making me cry. <laughs> okay. Bye, Builders. Thank you for listening. This has been... The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.